Hey everybody, time for another Code Pen Radio. This is 308, and we're going to call it User Testing because that's what we're going to talk about. It is me, Chris, co-founder of Code Pen, and I have our lead designer here, Claire, to talk to me about this. What's up, Claire? Hey, how's it going? Good. Um, yeah, you've been at the helm of this, which I really appreciate. It's pretty cool. Um, we are sort of like you know, medium experts in user testing. We're not the kind of company that's just just constantly user testing all the time, just putting our app in front of people, asking them what they think, gathering data, reporting it, yada, yada. I think as companies of a certain scale are more experts than we are in that they, uh, they're just constantly doing this. Whereas to us, this feels to me like a little bit of a part of a like a phase of a of a development schedule in a way does it feel like that to you yeah i think that makes sense especially at the phase that we're doing it i feel like usually usually when people when companies do usability testing it's it tends to be at a later phase when they have more things fleshed out which we're not really doing we're doing it at a beginning phase yeah i've been in situations like that where like the website is like ready to go yeah. It's like there's a URL and you sit somebody down and they go to that URL and they do a task. And then and then it, we'll get into the how in a minute here. But that's uh, that, that certainly is later. Like if they're literally like, you know, using their mouse and clicking around a website, that means you built the website. <laughs> so. And in those cases, too, it's like I often wonder how much companies use the information they get out of usability tests because – when you're so far along in the process, how much can you really change? Right. Right. How much are you really willing to change if you're really honest with yourself? Right. Are you really going to throw all this away because you got some user test stuff that pointed toward towards that direction? Or is the momentum like too late? Yeah. I often find the, the user testing that we're doing right now is more of a idea validation research through the lens of user testing. Okay, that's fair too. That we're not saying so. To, 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 just to explain what we actually are doing um, is that we're building a something bigger on CodePen than we normally have worked on for like at least the past few years, right? There's like this new thing coming, and I can't. You know, we're, too bad, but we're going to have to be a little vague about that. You know, just because I don't want to like overly get people excited about exactly something and then and then you know have it change and be disappoint people or whatever but we're building something to us is big and different and we want to validate it like claire said we want to make sure that what we build isn't so weird or off base or not matching with people's expectations that that we've failed as soon as it ships you know like wouldn't that suck so why don't you, you know, to prevent that from happening, why don't you get it in front of people before you've spent 10,000 hours on it <laughs> just to make sure it makes any kind of sense at all to people and let that form the iteration that you do. So by the time you're you're deeper into building it, you know it makes sense because it makes sense to you and it makes sense to literally random people that you've showed it to. So so maybe it's not is user testing not the right word for what we're doing? I mean it's it's still user testing. It's just a different flavor of it. Different flavor. Yeah. 
And what'd you call it? It was good. It was like validation, idea validation or something. Yeah, idea validation research. Idea validation. So that's the alternate title here, even though you're right. It is still user testing. Yeah. So this is not, you know, there's so many forms. I've seen like, isn't this, you, you can like Amazon Turk this practically. You can you can write mm-hmm. a tiny little script that says you know go to this URL and tell me what you think, or you, go to this and buy some buy a purple vase and tell me how it went, or did you find the button here? You know whatever. That'd be like a little micro user testing, and there's all sorts of even, there's software to do this too. There's you know usertesting.com. Sure. And there's ones that track your eyeballs, where they're looking. And there's this is a whole world. And that's why I say I'm not, you know, not exactly like super experts in all this. We're just doing what we think is doable by us and is valuable to us. And to that, it is talking with actual people. So it's not, I think on usertesting.com, you, it's more of like you write a script, right? And they, and they go through it. I, we don't have the opportunity to chat back and forth, right? Well, it depends. They do have a feature on usertesting.com where you can do live sessions with users. Okay. But most of what people are doing on that site are just writing the script, sending it off so that they don't moderate the the sessions at all. Right. And that, that actually can be valuable, right? If it's like more honest, if there's not like somebody from the company right up in your grill. Yeah. Although like in those sessions, from from my experience anyway, you get a lot of like, opinion feedback from the people okay. who are using usertesting.com versus I guess like what we're going for is like does this make sense is it usable is is this something you would yeah. use versus so there's a like, lot of that I don't I don't like how this looks this this is too dark for me which is not an opinion that we're interested in right now <laughs> yeah not right now it doesn't mean that it's like not it's a little bit important, but it's like, wow, I spent a little too much money to like darken a dark color, you know? Right. Um, <laughs> I want to figure bigger stuff here. And that means we have some freedom too. Uh, but, but you know, it's not completely free reign. We'll get to that in a minute. But I, I've seen you do this and I, I try to do this too, is like when there's a particularly interesting like thread, we'll call it, happening in a user test that you can, you can chase it down a little bit, get a little yeah. extra. That's the benefit of doing this moderated is that you can ask follow-up questions to just about everything. And right. Yeah. Right. I guess we you should feel talk like about how we're doing this, how we're conducting our user tests. First. Yeah, sure. So you've you've learned that we're doing it live, right? And of course we're not doing it in person because pandemic and also because practicality, you know, like I <laughs> And we're a remote company anyway, so. <laughs> right, right. That doesn't, you know, if if the world was perfect, it doesn't stop you from doing the classic like, you know, meet you at the Starbucks and do it kind of thing, but I I don't I'm just personally just not into that. That's would just be weird for me. I'm not awkward human being anyway, let alone one trying to get user feedback out of Starbucks. So, uh, I like the zoom thing. I think it's been working out nice for us. What we do is we find someone who's willing to do it. And so far our pool has been like me just kind of asking around kind of like loose colleague circles, you know, like I'm in some discords, I'm in some slacks and I just kind of don't find it particularly hard to post that we're looking for some feedback and have people raise their arms and say, how's Wednesday at two and have them show up Wednesday at two. And we give them a a zoom thing and they join us on zoom. And then it goes from there. Uh, But the, there's more to it than that, right? There's the 
the plan. Got to have a plan. Yeah. And like, we don't want just anybody. You're not going to just go ask anyone. You're going to ask people who are front end developers who mm, I think most everybody has used CodePen before. So they're familiar with it already. And they're like into using other front end technologies than just what we provide on CodePen. Yeah, right. That's a good point. Like if we're building something new on CodePen, can you imagine that it does more than CodePen can do today? I'm sure you can. So we want, you know, and we want, you know, but CodePen is, you know, it's for developers. So I want to talk to developers. Yeah, you're right. I don't want to, I'm not going to go ask my landlord or whatever, because we're not building a tool for landlords. We're building a tool for landlords who are developers. <laughs> um, well, the the web kind of developers. <laughs> the web, yeah, you're right. Uh, okay, so 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 we get them on Zoom, and and this was a moment. Well, before we started this, that I, because th I think there's a, like widespread sentiment at CodePen that this is like a good idea that we should we should be talking to people as early and as much as possible about what we're doing, so that we don't you know quote unquote build the wrong thing. We say that little phrase often enough at CodePen is the cost of finishing the completing the build of the wrong thing is extremely expensive. You know, it's not like you can't come back from it, but that's the most expensive mistake you can make is building the wrong thing. So let's build the right thing. And we'll, and part of that equation is, is, is asking people along the way that you're doing it. And so at me as a non-expert, as soon as the mock-ups start to come together for me, where, where it starts to be a visual thing, where I can start imagining what the UI is like and seeing the UI and being like, ooh, yeah, that, oh, that's going to be so cool. Immediately, I'm like, well, we care about user testing, right? Let me just grab my buddy by the arm and show him this stuff. And that's kind of a whoa there moment because it's uh, you, sh you probably shouldn't do that because if you do before doing more planning than that, you kind of like burned that person because like then they've already seen it and you didn't perhaps extract from them the full value that you could have extracted from that test. Should you just have like wait for a moment and get your ducks in a row before you do it? Uh, and by that, I mean, like, like, like be in, you know, this is Clara has guided us towards this, be intentional about what this test is and what you're going to ask. Right. So before we even did any of this testing, we put together a, a script of questions to ask before you take the test. And so these are questions like, I don't know, what kind of developer are you? They're just like intro questions that are related to things that you're going to be testing on, but are like getting you kind of warmed up to actually take the test. And they also give us an opportunity to ask more questions just in general for our research. So like if, if uh, somebody is really in a view and they have this issue that they're working on and we find that interesting towards something that we're also working on, we might ask them follow-up questions in, that, in those pre-test questions. I like that. It gets, we, then we know who they are a little bit. We can write that down for demographic reasons. You know, we can chase down stuff later in the test specific to their needs. And you've mentioned, too, that it, it, uh, it gets them a little warmed up, too, before you get into the perhaps meatier stuff of showing them what you're going to show them. Yeah. And then after that, the script goes into a bunch of various tasks to go through. And the tasks are all the same for every single user. That's 
you could do it differently for different usability tests. Like I've, I have done differences before to measure the differences, but you generally need more people to test in order to compare and contrast those things. But for this particular test that we're doing right now on a feature, everything's the same. Right. This, the, the script, the questions, all that, all that stuff. And we have a, a particular, we're, we're also, it's, there's like a little bit of focus. Ours is it's somewhat broad, but we're not saying like, what do you think about this button? What do you think about this piece of copy? It's a much larger scoped thing than that, but it's also not so wide of scope. That's just like, what do you think of code pen? Do you mm -hmm. like it? You know, like that's too broad, you know? So we're kind of somewhere in the middle there. Right. And we, for every single task, we have a, a mock-up that I built in Figma. So it's just a prototype, a clickable prototype in Figma that we show everybody that we're testing. And through Zoom, I give them control over my mouse so that they can click around. Which is kind of cool. So Zoom enables that. And that's kind of a, a little hurricane of technology that was useful. So Zoom has that kind of like the person who we're testing can control the mouse on Claire's computer because she's the one sharing because she's got these Figma mockups. And even the Figma mockups, it's not just like we're sharing just like the raw app of Figma. Figma has this like prototyping feature built into it where you can say, you know, when they click on this, then do this, right? That, that, that stuff is, <laughs> I've never even tried it, but you do it a bunch, right? Like open this drawer, show this, hide that, slide. You can even do like transitions. Yeah, it has pretty cool transitions in it. Kind of cool. So our script is, you know, so we do the thing like, oh, hey, welcome to our Zoom session. I'm Claire, yada, yada. And then you have even stuff, before you even ask the question, you have some interesting stuff. There's some stuff where you say, where you're like, you know, remember that please, please think out loud. Right? You don't want people to sit there in silence because that's not only boring, but then useless to us. Like the juicy stuff is what's going through your mind. I kind of forgot about this because it's it's just stuff that you usually say to people before you start user testing them is like, be sure to think out loud. Anything, any opinions that you have, good or bad or fine, you won't hurt my feelings because you're like, it's true. Like, I just want their opinions. I just want to see if something's easy to use or hard to use. I want to know what they're struggling on. And I don't want them to hold back from it. Yeah, right. If you don't like something, it's almost like it's like trying to, like, break down a cultural thing. Like, it's probably, like, impossible to do all the way. But as much as we can break down that wall, that's cool. Like, you don't have to be, like, polite in this case really like just say what you think i don't care it's a test it's about a button on a website like come on it's not my it's not my uh, my casserole you're insulting here um okay and then there's there's one other thing too there's the say what you think you can't hurt my feelings um think out loud i thought there's one other that i really liked too but i can't remember now too bad you'll have to take it do a user test with us to find out <laughs> if, you're, if you're hankering to find out what it's like to new users, feel free to, to to reach out to us here. We have a contact form that's a part of this podcast, so hit us up. This episode of CodePen Radio is brought to you in part by Netlify. High five for the support, Netlify. You know, on another podcast, I do Shop Talk Show with my friend Dave here, kind of a sister podcast to this one. 
uh, we went off on this just the other day because somebody wrote in with a very legit question that was just like, I just store my stuff in like S3 buckets. You know, if you're a listener to CodePen Radio, we've probably talked about S3 buckets a bunch of time. We use them for all kinds of stuff. Very generic data storage thing of the internet. You put images in there, you put assets, you put whatever, static files, you put them in there. And if you're talking about static files, it's kind of what Nellify is, isn't it? It's just like static file hosting, but designed for websites. And they're like, well, I already like have a S3 bucket and I know enough to put like CloudFront in front of it, like Amazon's uh, CDN. Like why, what is the advantage of Netlify over an S3 bucket with CloudFront in front of it? And I think if you're just analyzing like the end result, like you go to both websites and you're like, what's the difference? They're both HTTPS. You've opened the network tab. They're both super fast because it's static files with the CDN in front of it. Actually not that different. But if you're just hand rolling an environment where you're like just you're putting stuff in a S3 bucket and hand managing that CDN and all that stuff, you're probably spending a little money because there's no like I think there's not like a good free tier of those things on AWS so much. And you're like totally on your own for the developer experience of that you're hand wiring together lots of stuff. Whereas on Netlify, a small little site, it probably is free and they've wired up it all super easily. It's just like pointed to the repo. Okay, it's deployed, done. Oh, map it to a domain. It's the easiest thing ever. Just do it. It's that it's that like DX that you're buying on Netlify. And it's not a small thing. It's so good that it's like it's like questionable to not use it for the static file host. So rock and roll, thanks for the support. Uh okay, so we cover kind of the what. We're doing user testing. You know, it's been a while since we've done this, but it's part of part of new stuff that we're building. This stuff thing is big enough in scope that we're doing that it's kind of like idea validation as well as testing. This is just one thing that we're doing. We also intend to do much more of it at different scopes, right? We build some different part of what we're building. We'll test that too. We build another different part. We'll test that too, right? So this is not just a one and done, right? Right, because... In the usability test that we have been doing, it's just been one part of what we're building, and it's a very specific part. And I feel like that's great because it scopes down our sessions to be in a nice a nice time frame where nobody really gets fatigued. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what have you found? It like I think we're probably shooting for thirty minutes, and they they've probably gone as long as an hour. But yeah, I think. I think they're generally around 45. Yeah, we probably could have thought harder about that. But now that it that we've done a bunch, it seems fine. <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's generally yeah. a, a nice time to do it. Personally, in any meeting, literally anything I'm doing in hours is like a fatigue point for me. Right. Uh, okay, so... So there's that. Then we get them. We do the thing. And then it's not just you on the call. So far, we've been doing it, me and you. And I think at first we were thinking we'd switch off or just do different because there's two roles. One of them is like read the script, ask the questions, present the mock-up, literally That's walk the through the moderator role. The moderator. Okay. Uh, wh- who's doing so much and focusing so much on the person and what they're saying and thinking and doing that they don't have an opportunity. I don't think you could do that and take great notes. No. So I join as note taker and just write down as, as, as much as I can um, while they're doing it. So 
that, you know, that hopefully that that's useful. We also record it and we get permission to record it, but the team members have been watching the recordings, which is cool too, because you might, that's the raw stuff. The, the, the point of the notes is that not everybody has to watch every single minute of these things that we'll extract the best bits through the notes. So I, I hope that's useful. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean, if absolutely everybody was going to watch every single video, maybe you don't necessarily need a note taker, but. I personally am probably not going to go back and watch every single video. So it's easier for me to just yeah. go and look in the notes. I'm not going to either. I mean, that's a that's just a lot of hours. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, that's cool. And and so we really were intentional about these. When we gave, you know, we've done we've done a bunch of these now. They were so far all focused on this one thing, which has been idea validation of the thing that we're doing. And they really can click around. And you have like, they're not trick questions, but they are a little bit like, can you buy this purple vase? They are can you accomplish this developer focused task in here? Like tell me what you Imagine you're you're doing this. You created a new pen on CodePen, and you know that you'd like to use something. How how might you do this? Right. It's like if you're Netlify, if you're like, you, okay, you've got this website, and you've changed slash foo to slash bar on your website, and you need to make a redirect. Walk me, you know, try to figure out how you can do that on Netlify. It'd just be like a really like. The, how, please just think it out. Let me watch you do it. It was it. Did you struggle? Was it really easy? And then you you give them a, like a straight up, you know, rate it one yep. to five. Rate it on one to five. The this one is specific in how it's asked too, because in all the follow up questions that you ask for tasks, you want to make sure that you're not being either overly positive about it or overly negative. So you just want to be neutral in all the questions that you ask and not sway them towards one side or the other. Mm-hmm. So we asked him to rate on a scale of one to five how, if it was very easy or very difficult. It's been surprisingly useful to me because even on one test, it's kind of interesting to look at. But then because you ask the exact same question the exact same way after doing the exact same exercise with people across multiple tests, then it's it's comparable, you mm-hmm. know? And especially if people are grouping towards one end of that spectrum, you can, you know, if you're looking to validate an idea, well, that's what you're doing. So good job. Uh, the finding people is interesting too. Like the, so, so far they've been colleague-esque, you know, they've been, well, we're a part of the same Discord or Slack for some, for a reason. And it probably makes us more, it probably makes us like closer to comrades than enemies, you know, certainly. So that's been a, I don't know if, you know, we're so early in this thing that I don't, I'm not that worried about our selection, but you know, I don't, I don't think we've tested a single female, for example, sorry, Claire, but that's, you know, we haven't been exactly demographically varied that way. And we definitely haven't tested somebody who we know is frustrated with code pen. True. But we also haven't tested like a huge number of people in general. Uh, we haven't, but it's just something we'll have to, to watch out. And that it's been mentioned already. You know, I know D's been really hot on that. Like, cause we had, we kind of have, you know, cause we do support in front and front is this pretty nice support product that has a bunch of interesting features, but this one's pretty simple. It's just that you can like tag tickets. You know, we, I think we have a tag for like, this user was literally quite frustrated with this particular aspect of the product. So it's a possibility that we haven't done yet is to reach in there 
and be like, hey, remember how you're like maybe not the biggest fan of us? Well, <laughs> what do you think about us trying to fix your problem, but asking you for your feedback on it as we do it? Maybe a lot of them will just say piss off, you know, but some <laughs> of them will say, <laughs> but it, it might flatter some people. Or, or you know, I don't you know. Can, like, I kind of wonder like what the reactions would be given that there's so much prejudice to begin with. Yeah. I don't know, but it's, it's, it's certainly interesting, you know, uh, like anything, having some diversity in who you test of a variety of types of diversity is probably useful. Yeah, definitely. Uh, cool. Then there's stuff though, that even though this is scripted, we said the reason we're part of the reason we're doing it live is because so you can kind of chase down little threads of, of people's mind. That's some of the best stuff. So th- hence the note taking too, because if, if, you know, if somebody's like, oh, I find this particular aspect of development difficult, which we d- definitely, that's a real thing that we ask in our tests is, is we ask it in a variety of ways and a variety of different times during the test is like, tell me what's hard, because if we know what's hard, then maybe we can make it easy and maybe that's the pot of gold for code pen you know making stuff easy is our kind of the point <laughs> so if somebody go- gets down some aspect of like oh really you had trouble with that what kind of trouble you know what'd you do to fix it what'd you do to troubleshoot it what'd you use instead when did you give up you know all that kind of stuff we can uh, we can chase down in a way that certainly uh pre-recorded script couldn't do but then what does that do you know you can't cross-reference that across other tests but it's still useful right yeah it's it's still research that we can use when developing all of the other things that we're working on another thing i'm interested to see happen to us is i wonder what like if this thing is really you know user test driven and we get much further than we are now you know, like we build it and it starts to work and we start moving the tests away from Figma and into the browser because it's starting to become a little more real and it's been validated the whole way. And we get a little rash of feedback, for example, that was like, no, no, this doesn't make any sense at all. I, you know, you know, then what? You know, I don't know. That'll be tricky. Go back and, uh, well, try to figure out why it was confusing and... Yeah, address it. Uh, yep. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm being theoretical anyway, but I feel like it's possible thing to happen. The world yeah. changes, who you talk to changes, all that kind of stuff. One of the things that usually happens in usability testing is like you put a button in the wrong location and you think it's like completely obvious that it is in the correct location. But when you do the testing, it just like mm-hmm. becomes so apparent after you do two tests that it's in the wrong location and everybody is just like going to a different location to look for it. And then in those yeah. cases, you're like, what do I need to do to address this? Sometimes it's not moving the button to the obvious location. Sometimes it's doing something else, but you still need to address that it is a hard thing. Well, that's a nice place to end because we can talk about that one particular thing. There is one, you know, I'll have to be a little bit vague here, but there is that did come up in our tests over and over was the, was the, like a a particular question that you ask that says, can you please do this task? And it turned out that damn near everybody that we asked do it went to this one place to do it. And it was, in our opinion, like the wrong place. That's like not where you get that job done. (laughs) And it was just funny to us because we're kind of like, you know, 
one of the ways you can interpret that is like, I guess we should move that functionality into there. But we're like, no, actually, that's like not the right place to do it. <laughs> it's not going to like make us rethink that particular aspect of our app. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I mean, it's, you just have to make things more obvious. And sometimes obvious is location and sometimes obvious is something else like color, size, recognizability. Right. Okay. So, so, okay. So you can solve this problem. It's just the, the solution isn't because they looked there, put it there. The solution can be then make it more obvious where it, where we think it should be. And then it'll solve the problem kind of from a different angle. Yeah. So yeah, sometimes the solutions, the, the solutions that you have that you get out of usability testing aren't exactly obvious either. <laughs> no, yeah. To me, it's starting to feel like tarot reading or something. It's like a little <laughs> how you read the results of these tests is not one-to-one -one with what they say. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you have to, but I don't know. And a lot of it just ends up in your brain too. It's like, it's kind of like great that you're leading up a lot of these tests because you can take, you, you're like the m most immediately actionable person to use the information. Mm. Like if you was somebody three levels deep and they had to then schedule some time to talk to you about that testing, that there'd be something a little lost in translation. And in those cases, I would have to watch the video. Yeah, yeah, you would. You'd probably have to have somebody time stamped the video. Like, the interesting part is that 13 minutes and yeah. 14 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> Don't exactly have the budget for that. Someday, someday. All right. Well, thanks, Claire. That was our little spiel about our user testing so far. Of course, interested in all your thoughts on it. There is a there is not a comment thread attached to our <laughs> podcast anymore. You'll just have to write into us. Uh, I'm Chris at CodePen.io. Otherwise, we have Twitter where we'd love to hear your thoughts and all that stuff. There's plenty of ways to write words that we will read. So feel free to let us know what your thoughts are. And uh, in particular, if, you, if you're like itching to do this testing so you get a sneak peek at the future of CodePen. We'd especially like to hear from you. All right. See you later. See ya.